oh gosh, like we get a do-over and I'm like doing it even worse. Okay, well, because it's clearly hard to uh, to say the same thing twice. Uh, let me jump in real fast just while I remember it. In, in the other episode that isn't happening. Oh, I'm not recording right now, by the way. Should I be? <laughs> oh, oh Steven. Just kidding. <laughs> I would reach to the internet and choke you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 307.5 with our review of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller, a.k.a. Star-Lord. I am Groot. <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week. Again, but for you guys for the first time, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we experienced little technical difficulties. <laughs> it like, was my uh, fault. Like, like, like we, we, like, like multiple like, catastrophic failures of technology. Um, a lot of connection issues, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, interference I, issues. <laughs> I incited the wrath of Zordon. Yeah, I grabbed the Infinity Stone and blew up the computer <laughs> yeah. and just a lot of... Yeah. Car- Carson fell into the ether. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steven's grabbing the Infinity Stone. I'm just standing here, like, freaking out, trying to get my plant to grow back. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, I turned into a just, raccoon. Just craziness has ensued. So, uh, you know, in, 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 much in the way, you know, the best podcasts do when, when a problem goes, goes, uh, goes wrong, we are just scrapping it and trying to do this all again for you guys to be super professional. So if we weirdly laugh at things that don't seem that funny, <laughs> it might be because we're trying to... Uh, on the fly regenerate the conversations we have already had at this point in time right um, so you know like if, if Karsten decides that he's not going to reference Power Rangers this time then uh, it will mean that I can't pretend I'm organically countering his Power Ranger argument with something else and um, I can't bring in a Beetleborgs reference <laughs> as, as I'm apt to do <laughs> I love Beetleborgs yeah so, so really it comes down to whether uh, Carson goes into a fugue state and uh, forgets what he had already said and then says it exactly the same way he would have um, before all these problems. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just going to turn into a, a Stepford wife and just <laughs> be, be Harrison life. Ford, be the fugitive. <laughs> uh, nice, David. Um, that, was a, that was a swish, <laughs> a three-pointer right there. A fugazi? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so any, anyways, um, uh, like this is the part of the episode where I ask you guys how you're doing tonight, so how are you doing? Doing well. I'm so excited. My pants are flying off. <laughs> oh, no, we don't get to have the organic conversation about not also, wearing pants. Also, it's because it's uh, also very warm, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the joke before, for you poor people who didn't <laughs> yeah, hear, was that... We're all not wearing pants, we're and by the, the way, we're together. in the same room. We're going to turn this into a video podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's my turn to say how I'm doing. Let me look at the script I wrote. Um, Go back. I what? am... Wait. Stephen coughs. Uh, I am doing well. Did you... Uh, are you getting a physical? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, you forgot to turn your head, Stephen. <laughs> let, let me do it again. <clears throat> I am doing well. Uh, you have cancer. We are recording at night. That is different from recording in the morning. How are you, Chris? I'm more awake during during the night. (laughs) 
other than the immense heat and the sitting on a towel on a chair in my boxers, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm doing quite well. Um, l- luckily for me, I didn't get very far into my review for this film. So everything <laughs> yeah, I a- say... Will be, be really organic. We're rebooting this uh, review, and I can uh, start over and not have to try and make a Lord of War reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, we totally oh wait, but does that mean I don't get you. the Ethan Hawkeye reference? Yeah, Ethan Hawk. Yeah. Ah. No, unfortunately not. Okay. All right. Well, um, before we just you know massacre this uh, any more than we we kind of already are, but uh, you know, given the nature of the thing, I think I think we're doing all right. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, start this episode off uh, with, you know, the trailer like we always do. Let's go ahead and listen to that and then come back and give you guys our review. I look around. You know what I see? Losers. I mean, like, folks who have lost stuff. Their homes, their families. And we're facing a threat that could destroy us all. If we're gonna save the galaxy, we're gonna have to do it together. Partners. Why would you wanna save the galaxy? Because I'm one of the idiots who lives in it! Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. Why would you risk your life for this? Because right now, life's giving us a chance to do what? Something good, something bad, a bit of both. I will destroy you and your world. First, you gotta go through us. We're the frickin' guardians of the galaxy. I'm with them. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have... Part of a plan. What percentage of a plan? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> That's a fake laugh. <laughs> it's real. Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan. I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you. Groot's the only one of you who has a clue. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you just listened to the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the next Marvel film. A little bit different than the other ones. Uh, this is the more crazy universe-expanding aspect of, you know, it's a little little more on the Thor side. We got these crazy um, space people. We got these. We got assassins. We got, uh, you know, bounty hunters, whatever. All sorts of crazy stuff. They get thrown together as uh, a big bad has some object that he wants to use to do some damage to different places in the universe. And our, uh, our, our group of, of people who start off as possibly enemies, uh, you know, they have to work together to become friends to help take on the bad guy and, you know, save the galaxy. Uh, so what did you think of this film, Carson? 
Uh, well, I'll just get right into it and say that uh, it's an amazing film, and uh, James Gunn, writer and director of some other great films like Super and Slither, uh, is behind this one, and he was a perfect choice to direct this movie because uh, I feel like he has a very unique... Uh, he puts himself into the film for sure. Um, he puts his unique stamp on it, and um, I think he's just one of those. He's one of those type of uh, filmmakers that really can't uh, be not creative, or I don't. He he just basically can't put himself into a film similar. Uh, now, did he write this too? Uh, yeah, um, similar to how I feel. Uh, you know, people like Shane Black really can't make a movie without putting his stamp on it. Uh, I think that he definitely, um, you know, if you've seen his other work, like, you know that he deals with the, the zany and the crazy. And, uh, you know, he's he's taken this film, and it's definitely, you know, I mean, this wasn't exactly a known uh, Marvel property. Like, it was pretty niche. And... Uh, I think it totally he totally made it work for for mainstream audiences like I uh, obviously people ate it up and it's funny how um oh gosh like we get a do over and I'm like doing it even worse um <laughs> I was like yes this is this is my chance to shine because I you were on a roll there for a bit I, I was on a, now you know how Jake Gyllenhaal feels a roll downhill um with yeah, the dagger I'm... that turns back time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for explaining that, Steve. <laughs> I was like running through my head. I was like, uh, I don't. I, I was don't, like, where, where are you going with that? I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal has two of him in Enemy. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, because I was, you know, a lot of times we do these podcasts. It's like spur of the moment, and I don't. I, I never know what I'm saying, so. <laughs> it's always hard, and uh, you know, a lot of the times I wish like we could get a take two, and now when we actually do, I still can't function correctly. Anyway, um, you you, sh- you should just uh, you know write your thoughts out ahead of time and read it like a book report, and then keep, keep pausing to look up and pretend you're maintaining eye contact, and then look back down. Like I Guardians should... of the Galaxy was <laughs> a good film that I thought was good, thanks to uh, Mr. Gunn who did a good job writing and mm-hmm. also directing. Yeah, see, I try I try to have a topic sentence and then three sentences that support it, then a concluding sentence. That's always good. Four <laughs> paragraphs, just roll through it. I think I'm just going to write my own script and put in, like, you know, pause, Stephen laughs, Chris, <laughs> Chris disagrees. <laughs> um, Chris disagrees with my laughter. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Hey, hey, don't look at me. He wrote the script. <laughs> I wrote it. It's uh, all happening. Uh, no, okay. So anyway, um, the movie. I feel like the movie um, is definitely a departure for uh, a Marvel property, and I think that's a good thing because uh, you know I've been liking these Phase Two movies more than um, you know their Phase One movies because I think they're starting to. You know, now that they've established all these worlds, they've they're starting to go off and do their own thing, get a little wacky, and um, that's always good. Uh, and I do think that the s- superhero movies, comic movies that are a, a little more on the silly side, 
are definitely more entertaining obviously like thor 2 and something like iron man that has robert downey jr uh you know as a sarcastic lead and chris pratt is obviously uh, he very much fits like the tony stark mold he's like basically tony stark in space um but a little bit less uh, good at doing things right yeah (laughs) still pretty good i mean i think he's perfectly cast like i think it was that casting choice was like robert downey in iron man like it was a perfect fit well, yeah, the, the, there there was something. Uh, let me jump in real fast, just while I remember. In in the the un, the other episode that isn't happening, um, you had made a comparison between the the uh, the way that you know Star Lord acts and his like uh, how how charismatic he is, like like Tony Stark, like you're saying now, um, but that some of the other films haven't really uh, had that as much. And there is there is an interesting comparison. If you look at like both Thor and Captain America, the humor is not derived from them being charismatic, but them yeah. being sort of fishes out of water. So right. Captain America is like the good the goody two shoes, like good old like yeah hooray hoorah, um, yeah. and he just like the humor is that he doesn't understand how to function as a normal human being. And yeah. same way as Thor is like he's literally not from Earth. He's an Asgardian, and he doesn't know how to how yeah. to. Uh, behave in a way like so it's funny that he doesn't get our customs as earthlings um but then star lord and tony stark are like these these dudes who are just like like, they're also similar in that they have like suits that they wear that allow them to fly around and do (laughs) do (laughs) they have a mask and stuff yeah so like they're they're uh they they are very much similar um characters And, and while tony stark likes being more the center of attention doing things on his own and you know star lord is obviously kind of uh stuck needing the help of others they still have that really charismatic you want to jump behind them and have a good time uh that aspect to them and um sorry i just want to jump in and like add that because i remember you making that comparison in the last episode and it made me think about the comparing the two groups of our heroes from these marvel phase two films so continue yeah i mean i think that's exactly right um and i think that you know i was in the minority on disliking captain america 2 but i think that with that film, uh, they did do you know away with the fun vibe that the first one at least established, um, the adventurous spirit, and um, this movie really is the polar opposite of that film, uh, and it gives you a, a ton of adventurous spirit. I mean, it like I uh, like I said in uh, part one. I mean, <laughs> this is like the biggest you know theme park ride you know but uh encapsulated onto screen you know it's it's like you want it to be a world like you know you wish they would just stop building avatar land and build guardians of the galaxy land uh at disney world uh so you can hang out with all these characters and walk around in all these different worlds uh because the worlds that they've created are very unique and very cool to look at and uh you know, each place has like a like a really cool stamp. Like it's all very colorful, um, and it's very much. Uh, you know, I mentioned Power Rangers, but I mean that's like a small. That's something that I personally thought of. Um, but it's more in line with stuff like The Fifth Element. Definitely Buckaroo Banzai. Definitely uh, something wacky like Captain EO at Disneyland. Uh, and of course, Star Wars and Firefly too. Like I think it it really has that sort of space opera feel, 
which I think is what really sets it apart from not only the other Marvel movies, uh, but other comic book movies too. Like, this really isn't, you know, a quote-unquote superhero movie. Like, they're, they aren't, you know, people who fall into powers. Like, they are just kind of this ragtag team of, uh, you know, misfits, and they go on, you know, adventures in space. It's, a, you know, it's very much like a, you know, Star Wars or something instead of, you know, Tony Stark, you know, uh, becoming who he is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely on par in terms of origin movies with the first Iron Man. Um, I, I mean, I liked it even better than that, but it it, it was like the first Iron Man where it's, it established everything so well um, and gave you the characters that, you know, you've come to know and love in the Iron Man movies. And, um, you know, I think that's what, that's what really sets it apart is that it's got its own flavor. And this was something that you said, Chris, in the last thing, but that, you know, if this had come before Thor, um, you know, how would people react basically? I think the movie would still be awesome, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, we're getting it now for a reason because, you know, Marvel is smart to introduce its heroes the way that it did. Um, you know, obviously putting Iron Man first and getting you really invested, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was perfect. That was the perfect vehicle to do that. Uh, and, you know, then you start getting into like the more wackier heroes. And obviously like putting Thor before this, uh, was like a good uh, indicator as, as to what is to come, you know, uh, the, the craziness uh, that could happen, you know, in these other galaxies and universes and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, it's very zany, but it works. Like, it, the, the tone of it, uh, it never falters, really. Like, I think it's, it's the perfect balance between action, comedy, sci-fi, uh, and, uh, yeah, and like I said, everybody in the cast is, like, is perfectly cast. Like, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the villain isn't, uh, up to par as with, you know, some of these other villains, like S- Steven, you mentioned, again, in the other part, that <laughs> the, uh, that the villains, usually the villains in Marvel films aren't that spectacular, and that's true, and I think that here, you know, the plot and the villain aren't really the star. You know, it's like it doesn't really matter. They're kind of an afterthought. Oh, not an afterthought, but I mean, it. they're just a vessel to create all these, to put all these characters, you know, and create all these worlds so that you can have fun with them. But I mean, I did like uh, Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser, or yeah, that's what his name Almost said Ronan the Syracuser. The barbarian. <laughs> Another inside baseball <laughs> term. But uh, yeah, he his silly overacting qualities were entertaining to me. But as a villain, he wasn't entirely, you know, intimidating in any way. But he looked cool. Like he had that, uh, you know, all the makeup and the, the costumes and stuff were really cool. Like it makes you wish that like Avatar was just done with, you know, blue makeup and not uh, the way that it was. Because, like, the, I don't know, it just looked really cool. Like, it just, it had a good blend of the practical and the CG, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop for now, and I'll, I'll 
throw it to Steven now. <laughs> All right, Steven. Okay, well, because it's clearly hard to uh, to say the same thing twice, I'm going to change gears and say that I didn't like this movie this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, so I, I can't do the kind of intro I normally would, but um, this movie was definitely an example of a surprisingly hyped film as it as the time drew near for it to be released, which normally, because I'm a cynical negative heartless person <laughs> bodes poorly for a film if it's a dumb a big dumb blockbuster right especially if scarlett johansson's in it yeah yeah <laughs> a big dumb blockbuster that's being championed as being a lot of fun usually if i if i see this and i see this kind of high praise i become like carson with the marvel movies where i decide to go full-on armand white and hate the movie <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of like it uh, and, and this movie definitely succeeded in hitting whatever bar reviewers had cranked up to it after, I think it was at Comic-Con they first premiered it or something. Um, I, I know after last weekend, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I think Chris Pratt, in my mind at least, was the primary reason for that, much the way that Robert Downey Jr. was the primary reason Iron Man worked for me. And a part of that is I don't know the behind the scenes, so I can't praise like Shane Black or James Gunn um, as easily as I can say this is a character that you A, have fun rooting for, and B, have fun laughing at <laughs> for the misfortunes that they yeah. fall onto. <laughs> kind of the, you know, it, it's Chris Pratt is definitely falling into this. I, I can't really call him typecast. He definitely always plays a sort of naive person who thinks a little more highly of themselves than other people think of them. He's a lovable rogue. Yeah, he's he's lovable. He has a big heart, and he's fun. He he's fun to watch. It's the the Andy Dwyer, the everything, uh, and it it really works well in a movie like this where he is not a unredeemable character or just an oaf. He's also like pretty badass i mean he yeah there are scenes towards the beginning where he's introduced for the first time and he's fighting and escaping and he the dude clearly has action star potential um he isn't only the butt of the joke he's not he's not burt macklin in space 100 percent. yeah definitely but he also (laughs) he, he also is very good as the butt of the joke and every little witty retort and little bit of uh humor that goes into the most serious moments in this film like there's there's one that i don't need to go into detail with but where he's uh he's saving zoe zaldana's character and it looks for a moment like it's going to be a very self-serious heroic romantic place and then he says something that just completely kills the mood Uh, (laughs) which is exactly what i like about this movie every time it starts to take itself a little seriously or maybe hint towards that it has just a nice goofy joke afterwards to remind everyone like we're all here to have fun nobody is here because they think they're so heavily invested that they care more about the plot than they do the journey um and and i think so you mentioned that the villains are never particularly interesting or scary in marvel movies and i think that's intentional i think there's there's the like christopher nolan brand of film where the emphasis is on the darkness and the devastation 
and just how bad can it get before the unlikely hero saves the day. And I don't think Marvel movies try to do that. Maybe Captain America 2 tried to make the the bad guys seem a little bit like, how are they going to do this? But for the most part, you know they're going to win, and it's all just about how much of a fun ride can they put you on. Um, I loved I loved the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, the fact that rather than just having superhero music, they would bring in these 70s and 80s hits. Uh, a, because the music is a lot better than traditional movie scores. Uh, but B, That's it also true. just... It constantly reminded you that you're here to have a good time. Uh, it wasn't perfect in every respect. Like, I'm not going to say the plot was incredible or deeply moving or the characters are such that they go through an arc that would tell me something about greater humanity. <laughs> That'd be a pretty crazy thing to expect from a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> but they do a great job with what they do. Uh, and I, I think in particular with the kind of side characters like Groot and Rocket, uh, at the very beginning when they're introduced, they seem like a one-note joke, kind of like a Kramer or something is a little bit of a one-note joke. Uh, but by the end of the film, you've lived with them for so long that they can make a character just make a facial expression or do a little something, and it can just bring the audience to laughter. <laughs> or, like, it has such a powerful response that in a two-hour movie, as opposed to, like, a 10-year sitcom, it's pretty incredible the way they manage to um, to balance the lovableness of the characters with the zaniness of the plot and the sort of meta humor of this is a goofy comic book movie and we are aware that we're not we're not your typical superheroes um i think carson maybe didn't say it this time but definitely before you said it's probably your favorite marvel movie oh right and and i would echo that i would say with the exception of maybe the iron man films this is my favorite marvel movie precisely because there's never a point where i'm groaning where I don't feel like the director and cast are also groaning and say like, ha look, we're about to throw a joke in your face. <laughs> that's going to make this all worthwhile. Um, so yeah, definitely love this movie. Uh, Chris, what did you think? Um, yeah, I guess I can, I can say everything fresh cause I pretty much hadn't said very much in the last episode. <laughs> this is, this is about the point where uh, Carson started disconnecting and we realized that Steven's interference was actually in the recording and not just um, in the internet. Uh, telephony Sorry. aspect of the of this project. Um, oh, I'm not recording right now, by the way. Should I be? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Steven. just kidding. <laughs> I would reach to the internet and choke you with your static-filled <laughs> USB You're gonna cord. transcend. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, like honestly, there are uh, there are really only two two uh, problems that, that this film really faces. Uh, a is uh, they don't they don't uh, they they don't pause long enough after the jokes to let the audience's laughter die down before characters start issuing lines of dialogue again. So, like, there's literally lines where, like, the entire auditorium is in, it just erupted in laughter and then characters are already talking. You're like, whoa, 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 everybody stop laughing. I can't hear what he's saying. Um, so that's really problem number one. And problem number two is that this this does have to be tied to the rest of the Marvel films. So we get this whole... Uh, um, you know, th- th- we we have this whole like we have to have this through line with like what Thanos is doing, like wh- how this is going to tie into future Marvel films. But really, like this this is a- an assembling of a group, a a space style Avengers, if you will, and we're really 
Like, I, I want to see these guys go on adventures of their own that don't even have to be galaxy uh, protecting. Like, I, I know they're, they're the guardians of the galaxy, but I want to see them, you know, delivering packages to, like, some planet in the whatever system. <laughs> and, like, I, I just want to see uh, uh, little antics of... of um, of what these guys are going to be doing and like li- little little just mercenary runs like hey there's this guy he has a bounty on his head let's go out and collect this bounty like I'm I'm up for those type of journeys with these crews o- obviously we're not going to get that because this thing is making money like crazy and it and it's a, a tie in with the rest of the franchise so they're n- they're not gonna you know focus on stories as mundane as you know delivering packages and stuff like that but um yeah it, it reminds me a lot of of uh various animes and stuff like in, in anime you always have like this this, this dude who um you know, your main guy especially in like these space stories like one of my favorite ones outlaw star um you have a guy who is really proficient at what he can do but he's also a little goofy and a little um uh, like he, he's simultaneously badass and not badass at the same time, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. sort of like almost that like Jack Sparrow type thing where like somebody can looking be looking at him going like man that is the worst pirate I've ever seen, and then he does something badass and you're like oh that is the best pirate I've ever seen you know, like like that sort of aspect, and obviously you know Star Lord is is a similar type of thing where like you know if you're the authorities and you're watching him or you've captured him or you're seeing him do something silly you're like really this guy like what's up with him but he he like he can you know he can brawl a bit he can do crazy stuff and um i i don't know i i i this universe though it's departed a lot from what we've been getting from the marvel franchise so far like you know it's like like at the beginning of this i said it was sort of it's way more in the thor category of like you know, weird things happening in space and other worlds and all that kind of stuff. But it, it it's just, it's really fun. Uh, the you know the each each character gets their little moment to shine. E- even even like with Groot, it is as you would think that a joke of a character who can only say "I am Groot" would get old really fast. Like it, it should. <laughs> There's no reason why that joke should be able to continue. But like there are surprisingly nuanced ways that he can say I am Groot that communicate a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Well, it was, it was also funny that, you know, the first couple of times he says it, you know, I think Chris Pratt had a line where he, he said, Oh, well that's not going to wear thin. Like they yeah. addressed, <laughs> they addressed it, you know, like that they knew that it was gonna, you know, they knew ahead of time. And, and that was what made it funny. And, and yeah, like you said, surprisingly, uh, they get a lot of mileage out of just the one line. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. And then there's there's parts later on, like as he's saying it, you don't know if he's just dumb and he can only say that. Uh, but then you know, uh, you know, Rocket has the line about how like his 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 vocabulary is just terrible. That's why he can only say "I am Groot." But he's actually like in his head, he's actually smarter than that, and he's really communicating. So you have scenes where you have him responding as if he heard words that weren't just I am Groot while Groot is just saying I am Groot back and forth and it's so like what do you He's mean basically that? the Chewbacca of the Guardians of the Galaxy the same height as Chewbacca <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is exactly what he is um, um, but, and, and even though like you know we have different characters that feel like they're right out of other franchises they, they, they also have um, I don't know they're, they're just fun like uh, who's, who's the big Hulky dude that's on their uh, their team. Um, what was his Dave Bautista's Drax, character? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Drax. Like even even Drax. Like uh, earlier when I was comparing the the like he is sort of the fish out of water thing to like that their culture is super serious and they don't like understand like uh, uh, sarcasm or anything like that. So they take everything you say super literally. Like that all that stuff worked for me. Um, 
And it, I don't know. It is each characters or each group of characters really has their 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 humor aspect to it, their badass aspect to them. Um, it's just it's just a fun ride. And you know, in our in our other episode, Stephen was saying that he hadn't even seen Thor two, and I I was I was curious about. Um, you know, I was thinking that it, it, it is quite a departure from the serious tone of some of the other, or the more serious tone of some of the Marvel stuff, but but I think it is fun, and, and while it would be jarring if we hadn't been progressing in this way uh, at a th- slow and steady pace, if we just jumped into the silliness of this world, I think it, like, like Carson said, it, it still would be fun um, for anybody who just was, was thrown into this world. Uh, there, there's just a lot of there's lots of good gags. There's lots of good, um, legitimately good action beats. Uh, yeah, it has everything you would want from a comic book movie, and and then some. And and it's really like it it, it it's taking itself. It's doing everything you're allowed to do in a comic book um, film, while still feeling uh, mainstream enough to not be like, oh, that's just one of those weird comic booky movies like it's like no this is this is a big budget action film and it's bringing in big budget money and uh i know it's it's really awesome to see that we've we've gone from like trying to legitimize the comic book film to bringing the comic book film back um to the zaniness of comics while still maintaining the legitimacy of it is i don't know it's a cool thing to see and it has made, you know, like being, I don't know how many years it's been since the first Iron Man came out, but like it's, the films like this are, are making it worth all these films that we've been watching. And, you know, we like to joke about how this is the 27th Marvel film, or I always like to joke, but, but really like this is showing that that's not such a bad thing on paper. Yeah, it seems like Marvel is just shoving these films down our throat, but at the same time, it's, even when it doesn't execute perfectly, it's still... I know I I am fully along for the journey at this point, and I'm loving what they're cranking out. Hmm. Yeah, and it was interesting to watch uh, when I went and saw the movie. Uh, it was like a packed showing, and I was at first kind of like, "Oh, great! Like we're gonna have children running amok and people like busting out their phones and all this fun stuff." And uh, I was shocked at how you know basically during the trailers, people were still kind of you know settling in, but once the movie started. Um, I was shocked at how, like, uh, quiet and respectful everyone was. Like, they were actually into the movie. Like, nobody got up to, like, go to the bathroom uh, or anything like that. Um, So you could tell that, like, people were, like, legitimately invested and enjoying it. Um, And even, like, the little kids, too, like, were... There were two kids sitting behind me that were, like, really well-behaved and, like, really into this movie. Um, So that just, like, goes to show... um, you know how how great it truly is or maybe that just was my audience i don't know but uh, you, you got you got the one lucky showing of everybody who's, <laughs> who's good and behaved <laughs> right maybe um but no, i would say like, my audience was pretty pretty behaved too <laughs> yeah like no chris you said that like oh the you know quote problem number one that it had was that people were laughing too hard at certain <laughs> jokes and you couldn't hear the next uh line of dialogue I mean, that's never a bad thing. No, um, yeah, yeah. It, it was, you know, I was being facetious, no, no, but like, it, it, but right, it, was, right. it was one of those things where it's like, ha, 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 wait, the movie's still going. You didn't like, there yeah. was no like, wait for it, hold, hold, release. Yeah. It was just like, no, we're still going. If you think it's almost funny, like, too bad for you. 
Right. It's almost like they dropped it and kept going, and it's like, well, we know you're going to see it a second time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the problem is people will still be laughing that second time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I enjoy movies like that because it's like, it's so fast paced that you're, you know, it's kind of like the Apatow movies where like there's a joke every like 10 yeah. seconds and people are still laughing at the joke that came, you know. Yeah, I was going to make that comparison. It really doesn't, uh, it doesn't hedge its bets on any one joke or character. It really just throws them at you and then moves on with the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot. Like, I thought that, uh, I mean, it's hilarious that they hired such a big name for only one line essentially so did, did um, he did he do any physical performance while things were being filmed or did he literally just come into the studio and record the voice i think he did because there was a video that he posted he was like walking around the set of fast seven on like the tree stilts okay and he was like he's like <laughs> he's like there's no uh parts too small and uh yeah i don't know i could be wrong though but i, I he may have just done the voice he may have done like the iron giant uh where he was the what? Oh, my girlfriend's telling me that Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, who played uh, Michael Rooker's lackey in this film, did the uh, the the movements for Groot when they. Oh filmed. yeah, I think I I think I saw that when they filmed, and then Vin Diesel did the voice. That's so um, weird. <laughs> like, literally, I, I want to know how long those those recording sessions were in the booths, like to, <laughs> to get these, like, because it, it could have been like five minutes, and they're like, nope, we got this, or it could have been like painstaking, like, okay, well now imagine like you just got hit with some sort of space weapon, and it it, it hurt, but you're still okay because you're a tree. Uh, now, now say it with me now, <laughs> like. Well, I, and I do remember this. This is this is true. I know I I know I saw this that uh, Vin Diesel said that him and James Gunn like literally did I am Groot like every imaginable way. Like they they went through like all different kinds of uh, different readings of it. So they you know and then again he kept saying like oh you know there's no part too small and like he was into it. So like I th- I think that I think that's funny. I mean he has the voice for it too. Um, but really Bradley Cooper was like, like perfect casting for the voice of rocket. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was hilarious how much he sounded like Bradley Cooper. And then at the same time he did it. Like, it was like, like he, an un- he, it was an unrecognizable, recognizable voice. Like it was weird. Yeah. It, it, it was like, it was like the, it was, it was like the younger miniaturized version of Bradley Cooper, like it, it, doing it, like a gangster voice almost like a, yeah it was weird but it, i mean it worked it totally worked uh yeah I, I just thought that you know basically anything uh that that rocket says pretty hilarious he was definitely a good like mine of comedy in this movie yeah a- I, and a character that much like groot i thought might wear thin after a few minutes of having him but he did uh, it but yeah they, they definitely kept it fresh uh I mean, to the I, point where I, after I saw uh, Guardians, I went and saw um, the new Woody Allen movie, and I was sitting watching the 20, and they had, like, a an ad pop-up for, like, Guardians of the Galaxy action figures, and they showed, like, a rocket raccoon blasting 
figure, and I was like, I would totally buy that. <laughs> a Blastin figure? Does that have real Blastin action or something? Yeah, like, it was, like, Blastin action Rocket Raccoon, and he had, like, his big, like, bazooka gun, and, like, you could shoot, like, nerf things out of it. You flick his tail, and it shoots the gun off. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I think he, like, talked to, maybe, I can't remember. He made, Does like... he require your friend's prosthetic leg to function? <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. I wish it. I wish it came with one. <laughs> Let's go get these guys. All right, we're also gonna need that guy's eye. <laughs> uh yeah uh that was, was pretty awesome and there was something else i was gonna say but uh oh oh you're the other thing you said about how uh you know it has to tie into the the marvel universe and there definitely is there definitely are the ties in the film but they're pretty minimal i mean i feel like it really does feel like a standalone film well, no, um, it, it, I, I'm mostly just talking so about than, like the, the yeah. entire villain, the the entire right. villain, and the plot that is driving the story forward is only there to tie into the the stuff with the Infinity Stone. Like it has, yeah. right, right. There, there is no micro plot of this film. It's only that that drives it forward, and that that's sort of for me, like as like you guys both mentioned, and I don't remember if it was the original recording or this recording, but you're both saying that like that wasn't that exciting or that special, and right that non-excitingness and non-specialness is only even there to tie it to those things yeah but i mean it it is pretty it it is pretty much in the background like i think that you could sit anyone down who hadn't seen any of the marvel movies and they could still enjoy it like in terms of not going like oh who's this or whatever well that that, that was it's not so much tied to it it's not so much tied to it that was one of the funny things too is that like this uh in any other normal circumstance, we would need a previous Guardians of the Galaxy film to introduce all these players and give us a reason to understand that they're there. But in this, it was like they just like started spouting off people's names and like the characters knew of that person, but like the yeah. audience doesn't if you didn't haven't read any of the comics. But it, it was weird the way they handled it in a way where you know, like in, in Thor two. It's like, okay, all you have to do is like, okay, they're, you know, these people live in Asgard or whatever, and they're Asgardians, and they, Thor's that guy. Um, and that's really everything else you learn as you're going. Like, a new threat emerges, and you're learning about that threat as the characters do. This film was positioned in a way where it's like, nah, we're not going to bother. We're just, everybody already knows who everyone is, so just continue like like we're mm-hmm. jumping into guardians of the galaxy as if these characters had existed for several other properties and n- zero time is spent on explaining who characters are or why they are it was like oh yeah these two adopted children of thanos uh they're there you yeah, know it, it's don't. definitely great that they didn't spend half the movie yeah introducing them one by one and then building them up together by the end right <laughs> like they throw them together as this kind of ragtag crew of people and then let you slowly figure out what the origin is of the people. Yeah. With a yeah. little bit of an exception for Peter Quill, but even him, I, I think we mentioned it before, they go like five minutes maybe, probably not even that. They really don't dwell dwell on the origin. Yeah, you're, It's you're... all about the dynamic of the team and much less about uh, individual people. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it... you're, you're put into it right away. Um, and I'm glad they did that. Um, and I think I mentioned it in the other the other part, like the way this movie opens um, is very refreshing in the same way that Iron Man 3 opened on Eiffel 65. Like it just kind of gives you 
an immediate sense of what the movie is going to be like. There, there is one thing that uh, was, was kind of strange for me because um, I am not a, uh, I, I literally cannot call myself a reader of the Galaxy of the Guardians comic, but I have read the first two issues of the like the Marvel Now, like the re not re-release, but like all the all the new issues that like they started all from like issue number ones of like everything, all the different series. Um, so I read the first two, and I know something about the Star Lord character that the Star-Lord character in this film doesn't know really at all during the course of this entire film. And they, they like, allude to it and they hint at things. And mm. um, it was interesting. Like, I feel like the whole opening to this film is only there to pay that off in a way that this film isn't doing at all. So I don't know if it was... I feel like it's not fan service, but that it's, like, teasing stuff they want to do with, like, Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy 2... Um, moving forward and, and it was interesting because um <laughs> literally reading the first issue having that knowledge as this film started i was like oh that's weird they changed this <laughs> characteristic about the character and then by the end they they throw some hinting in um that no it wasn't changed that's still there and it actually played into the course of this film but in a way they're not actually focusing on they, they sort of throw it out there and then brush it off as not being important even though it technically is um, and I'm being super ambiguous right now, but uh, it, it was just kind of funny to me watching it from the lens of literally reading two issues of the comic and like having this comic knowledge. Um, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny. I, I definitely picked up on that, though, like that they were going to be uh, probably addressing that in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was why it was there. But I mean even if they never made another guardians of the galaxy um i think that opening still totally works like i think that you know by jumping right in and not having to do like the typical origin movie structure uh was the right way to go yeah but they could have just had him being this this uh salvager mercenary um right whatever, yeah whatever his career is junker like like whatever he is like he could be space pirate dude and that's that's yeah that that's enough to understand that character we don't need the the little bit of you know we don't need the view of him as a child to to understand that um there's definitely another part in that sequence that plays off or that pays off at the end of the film yeah uh, concerning his mother but yeah yeah, so yeah, I think but... that I think that that's still necessary, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I will agree and echo what Steven said that the choice of music and the music placement in this film uh, is really spot on. Like, I I mean, I'd much rather see characters walking in slow motion to Cherry Bomb than some Inception riff. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a good choice, especially you know, when some you Hans Zimmer riff or something. You mentioned the mother in particular, and I think every scene that involved the mother, not that there were many of them, but if it hadn't been for the music, it it could have veered on the extremely groan-worthy cliche for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the music instead just brought this atmosphere fun to it, where I was like, yeah, oh, what the hell, go for it. it. I'm having a good time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we'll uh, talk spoilers, but I will just say the after credits thing in this movie i laughed i laughed so hard 
Um, and I think that was like a total troll move on James Gunn's part because you know there were people in the audience going like, I can't wait to see what Avengers 2 tie-in or whatever is going to be at the end of this film. And then it's like, oh, we got this. It was kind of like how people were up in arms over the uh, the uh, stinger of Iron Man 3 where it was just, you know, him in therapy. Um, but, I mean, I thought, I thought like, doing something like that was funny. Like, I, I mean... You know, it doesn't always have to to be a you know preview for the next one or whatever. I mean, I, I like when they they change it up, but I, 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 are you are you? <laughs> I, I'll just say right now, I thought it was dumb, but <laughs> or, whose side well, are you, you on, Steven? Did you know? Did you know what it was? That's that's the I, main I, thing. It, I knew what it was. I didn't know why it was. I I understood. Well, it is a Marvel property, so yeah, I, I understood what it was in that respect, but I. Uh... I don't know enough about the property. I thought it was funny. I laughed. Uh, I probably would have preferred a bigger payoff <laughs> than that, but I I didn't feel burned. I I thought of the the meta fact that they would make that be the ending of it when they know <laughs> that ninety percent of the audience is waiting. Yeah, uh, I mean that's what I, made I it funny, funny to me. That's what made it funny to me, and especially like if you know that character and his original film. Uh, not exactly the most beloved, but uh, and I think that's what made it even funnier too. Um, but there, there's no way that Marvel will fund a, a solo movie around that. But uh, but yeah, that's, <laughs> which, which is precisely why I was like, um, but I mean, I think why? it fits. That totally fits like with the tone of this movie, and I think that you know, I think it was a great little bit at the end like it, i was it was completely unexpected so um, <laughs> that, that's for sure <laughs> dude it was hilarious like I, I like there were definitely some people who were scratching their heads um you know and not in like the way people were scratching their heads going like who's this thanos fellow at the end of avengers you know but like uh, okay so so at the end of the avengers when you see the thanos character you can immediately pull out your phone, Wikipedia it, and then you, you have some context for uh, where the film franchise is going as a whole. And the fact that that will, like, like this scene will never play into any of these phases of Marvel's activity. No, but that's why I thought it was funny is that, like, it's not going to, um, in the way that the stinger uh, at the end of Iron Man 3 uh, was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why, I mean, because, like, there was enough already that they didn't need to have, like, another thing. I mean, I just thought that was, that totally fit in line with, like, the humor of the movie. Um, and it was, like, a total, like, shout out, like, oh, if you know this, like, you're going to you're gonna know why this is so, like, funny and ridiculous. But anyway. So I, I will say a less controversial thing, which is that the, the mid-credits video clips made me and most of the audience the howl with laughter most of the time yeah um so yeah definitely it's worth sticking through and watching the credits uh might as well stay till the end to find out what happens but not going to be critical for understanding any future marvel movie i don't think (laughs) but could get you into the psyche of carson patrick a little bit (laughs) it could get you to go watch uh the older movie uh... uh yeah George Lucas, man. Um, I I don't even know. I was going to say something else and then I forgot, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, does anybody have any last comments about this film before we get into a verdict? No, I don't think so. 
Uh, right. Worth. Uh, I, I I will say I saw it in IMAX 3D, and while the 3D was nothing to write home about, definitely seeing this movie on a big screen surrounded by people is a good way to see it. I I did not regret at all forking out the extra cash to to see it as like a giant spectacle the way that I think it was meant to be seen. I heard that uh, they did what they did uh, for Transformers where um, they have the shifting aspect ratios. I don't recall. If they did, I didn't notice when I watched it. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's a so good thing. it's really effective then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, that's a good thing because I guess, you know, uh, at least my one of my complaints, not really complaints, but I, I definitely noticed it in in Transformers when the aspect ratio changes. Like it was so frequent that it was very almost distracting. Mm. Um, so I, I had read that James Gunn said that there was going to be that for the IMAX version of Guardians. So I just didn't know um, if it was effective or not. Because I mean, it can be like you know when. You know, it goes full IMAX for the Nolan I mean, when films. the Dark Knight did it, it was right, definitely yeah. effective. I mean, obviously, this movie wasn't in full IMAX, but it's almost there. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's always better when it's bigger, you know? Yeah, I I didn't notice to its detriment. Like, I, I didn't notice any sort of uh, incongruous aspect ratios. It, it felt big and immersive the whole time. Yeah, no, I just wondered, because I'd, I'd read... I read it, so. Uh, well, if you read it, it's true. So. <laughs> I, said, no, I just didn't know if it was going to be distracting, like how in Transformers it was, but yeah. All right. Well. Any, uh, any, any Groot. Well, let, let's 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 not be distracting, and let's get into our verdicts for this film, Carson. If you're going to give this a must see, a recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'd definitely give it a must see, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely the best movie of the summer. Uh, definitely one of the best movies of the year. And like I said, uh, probably my favorite Marvel movie for sure. This and Iron Man 3 are on pretty much the same level. But uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of just like fresh origin movie, uh, I mean, you can't really get much better than this. Uh, so, yes, complete must see. See it once, see it twice. You know, anyway, yeah. Definitely go see it in the theater because uh, it's definitely a very theatrical experience. You should see it on a large screen and all that jazz. <laughs> okay, Steven? Yeah, I'll echo Carson. Um, I've got to call it a must-see. It's funny because I, I really enjoyed every aspect of it. I have very few complaints, but I still know it isn't, it isn't quite to the level where I would be raving about it to everyone. It was just very solidly good and enjoyable the whole way through. Um, I will probably see it again. I think it probably is the best movie of the summer so far. I don't... I wouldn't set the bar so high that you expect it to transcend the genre. I just expect it to be a extremely fun mark in the superhero genre. And if you go in thinking it's going to be fun and goofy, you will get more than enough of what you paid for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris. Well, remember, remember, Stephen, it may be the best movie of the summer so far, but next week, Step Up All In comes out. So, <laughs> can't um, wait. 100 foot journey. <laughs> can't wait. I mean, so, we can. yeah, you're you're going to have to reevaluate uh, come next week. Um, right. 
But uh, yeah, this is a must see for me also. It, it, it's funny you guys have both, you know, both of you making the comment, um, you know, possibly best Marvel film, you know, best film of the summer. Like my initial like gut reaction is to say no. But then I try to justify that thought and I can't really. I mean, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like something makes me want to say, no, there are better Marvel movies than this. Um, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really just thinking about the bad guys themselves, like not our main cast and and their interactions. It's just if I think just about Lee Pace and his weird like Egyptian inspired headdress and his inability to move, but still ability to kick everybody's ass, um, weird things like that. And Thanos is weird, whatever they're doing with him. Uh, like those things, I like I think about those and I think it feels campy, but the rest of the movie is just badass and hilarious and. Uh, um every everyone's great in the freaking movie so uh, why can't it be uh, I'll, I'll at least give it one of the best marvel movies <laughs> <laughs> then i don't have to like stand too firmly and say where where it fits in the category but um and then yeah, you'll my... wake up in a cold sweat and be like okay oh, yes it is <laughs> <laughs> it is well, well unfortunately every morning i wake up in a hot sweat because oh that's true um, mm. the temperature is hot here um but I, I could still wake up and be like, damn it, best movie ever uh, of, of, of the Marvel <laughs> It's the verse. best one. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it isn't. The Lego movie was the kind of movie that I was raving about to people outside of the genre. <laughs> like, Dude, this is almost saying, the live action version of the Lego movie. <laughs> I, I could give it that, but I would say it doesn't. It isn't quite to the extent where the Lego movie, I was telling everyone, you have to see this. Guardians, I'm saying... If you think you maybe wanted to see anything like this, you're going to have an awesome time. But I'm not... It isn't something I'm, like, evangelizing for. Uh, kind, kind of like Chris, I... It isn't something that I want to shout, it's the best X or best Y, but <laughs> it, it it probably is. Um, yeah, very solid. Cool. Well, uh, I believe that is our review. And uh, so far... It appears as though we've made it all the way to the end without any major technical difficulties. So um, I, I, think this, I think this is going to be a wrap, guys. So Car- Carson, why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can find you throughout the week? Uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Yes. Steven? Uh, Twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Uh, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy. So hope everybody's enjoying that. And uh, I'm not going to promise any individual particular review for next week because I think we're still bouncing around trying to figure out what we actually want to subject ourselves to. There are and, many, many choices. <laughs> and, uh, many choices of pain. Yeah, we'll probably have something for you, um, but you know, I'm not going to stand hard and fast and tell you what that is now because it's going to be a surprise, just like this film was for people who didn't think it was going to be good. I, I don't know. And by the way, if you like this, according to IMDb, you will also like Transformers, Ender's Game, and About Time. 
Oh, so, well, I liked about two time. of those three movies. One of those is Very a fantastic similar. film. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally Andrew's game. And Cloud Atlas, apparently. Uh. Oh, no. How does About Time figure into all these other movies? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense, IMDb. I, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Time. Talking about boot. <laughs> <laughs> I will I, I will say real quick though that Hooked on a Feeling will forever now be associated with Guardians of the like you'll just immediately think of Guardians of the Galaxy when you and, hear and I Hooked will on say a Feeling that song midair that plays in about time could be about uh, Gamora the character floating in space so maybe there's a crossover somewhere over there mm. but that's fine maybe Possibly. Hooked on a 